Here is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. That was a clip of the great Oprah Winfrey from A Wrinkle in Time, which is what we're going to be discussing today. And joining me is Hiro of the True Bromance Film Podcast. But more importantly, I'm Michael Denston of Sober Cinema. Is that what you want me to say, Hiro? Yes. You, that's the only thing that I listen okay, to that you sure. do right now. So That's fine. Uh, sober Cinema it is. Um, we're a little bit behind on A Wrinkle in Time, but I actually think that's a good thing. Because I felt like if we had discussed this one before it came out, it would have been dramatically different. Um, and for some people, um, I feel like they, they kind of stake their claim as far as their fandom goes for this property. And uh, I don't know about you, Hiro, but I never knew that there were that many grown adults who were such huge fans of this book waiting for it to be made to a feature film by... Uh, the great uh, Walt Disney Studios. Were you a little bit surprised by that? Well, let's be. <laughs> let, let me just be candid here. Like, I'll be straightforward. Was it really that fans of the book that are clamoring for it, or fans of finally getting a a minority woman directing this massive I, you know, property? I would say the latter. I was I was trying to bait you into being the bad guy, but instead you've turned it back around on me uh, yeah. and calling me out on being a smartass. As listeners, listeners already know, based on the clip that I've chosen to display the greatness of a wrinkle in time. <laughs> oh, I hope they focus on giant Oprah because, to me, or maybe the <sighs> flying cabbage, whatever that that thing was. Okay, this this one's a little bit difficult because I, I I remember reading this book when I was a kid, um, and it made like no impression on me. So I know for some people it is uh, a classic. Uh, childhood favorite please point me in the direction of that person because i have never met someone who says oh man wrinkle in time i love that book it's it's i have the hard copy i had it signed by well maybe it's a generational stop because it came out in the 50s 60s i don't know Uh, i don't read i did i did read a funny review uh that was sort of uh Making fun, making light of Wrinkle in Time for its science, if you want to call it that, like its views, because they're pointing out, you know, the book did come out before we landed on the moon. Like that's <laughs> that's how how old this is. And for certain certain things like Lord of the Rings, we're going into a fantasy world. That's fine. Um, so I'm just approaching this as an adult, and I know there's a lot of fans of uh, Ava DuVernay and um, Selma in particular. I do want to point out I host another show, one that you don't listen to, clearly, because you, know, you, you stated that fact. Sober Cinema Fan, and that's it. But for the grand gesture, the week of A Wrinkle in Time, we attempted to get people, uh, multiple people, to come on talk about her, I believe her first feature, um, which is a romance. And it's about a woman who's waiting for her husband to serve his, I believe, five-year prison sentence. So they're having this relationship the a long distance relationship behind bars that they're trying to hold through until they can get back to their their real life did she meet him before or is she like a pen pal you know no not a pen pal thing like um, that charles manson has all the groupies and stuff like that and they married some and i mean maybe if that visits. was maybe if that was the case i would have gotten some at least some horror fan to, to do it my, my point is though for all of the fans of her as a twitter personality Absolutely zero people in the film community that I talked to had any interest at all in watching her first feature film or discussing it. I'm like, okay, 
so how far does this fandom carry? And I think with the uh, box office and the critical reception of Wrinkle in Time, I would say not that fucking far that people are genuinely interested in her work. Well, one, uh, I didn't get that invite, so I would have come on and talked about it. But uh, I, you know, I'll let you know. Water you're also the you're also rewriting the film to this like Charles Manson like erotic thriller. I could, you know what? Maybe she should hire me on as like a little like <laughs> Doctor the Script, like Tarantino used to do. You know, come up there, talk about Silver Surfer and things like that, and, and Doctor it all. And you up. know, I know it sounds like I'm I'm really like coming uh, out with the bats on this uh, this director, but I actually like that movie too. I was looking forward to discussing it on the Grand Gesture. Not so much with a wrinkle in time, but here we are. Selma was good. I saw Selma. I thought Selma was was decent, um, but I. <laughs> it's it's sort of sticky business here because um <laughs> you know, racist well yeah if you say it's decent like yeah that was pretty good you better uh, get on the train yeah <laughs> which leads us into the whole separating the art from the artist that's uh, yeah sort of that's topic that we're doing here you better get right i i wanted to to sort of approach this in a more positive way where we're not talking about someone that as far as we know has committed any sort of crime uh guilty of sexual I, I, harassment so you're leading me to my uh, take here, which is <laughs> I assume you're you're bringing one of the many rogues galleries of uh of Hollywood here. It just depends on which era are you going in that you're bringing out a um, probably a white male asshole to come out to terrorize the community. Well, I mean, you know, the the, the initial startup point is always Woody Allen, isn't it? I mean, he's the poster boy right now. I mean, as, I know Fatty Arbuckle. If you want to go back to the, like, you know, is that the Jeepers Creepers guy? <laughs> that is, that is not. But we can, you know, we can just keep going. I, I don't know how many podcasts you got on on these people. <laughs> I don't know uh, who who else is uh, Roman Polanski still hanging around these days. What's he up to? I don't know what he's into uh, now, but uh, I assume it's still teenage girls. I remember watching that dude at the Oscars, and he got a standing ovation. Yeah, um, yep. When he won his award and. It kind of grossed me out a little bit. Like, okay, I you know, respect should. the art, but you know, the guy was convicted of what uh, raping, drugging. I don't know what he did. Marrying. I don't know. Maybe is that illegal? I don't, I don't know. It, <laughs> it was. It was definitely rape. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah. and drugs were involved. Yeah, it predates me, but uh, yeah, it was like a standing ovation, and it kind of comes into the thing. Is like, okay, I did see. I've seen a bunch of his films, and I saw the piano. Is that what it was? The pianist. Yeah, um, I've not seen that one. Uh, I believe that's Rosemary. what he won his Oscar for, right? Best director. It is. Yeah. That's where he got the big standing ovation. And then there's the Rosemary's Baby thing, I believe. He's got... <laughs> the Rosemary's Baby thing. <laughs> the, that and Chinatown are like his, you know, two genuine uh, classics that I'd say yeah. almost everyone would at least recognize. But uh, you know, okay. So you mentioned like the rogues, a rogues gallery, right? You're talking about all these cats that mm-hmm. uh, that have, you know, a long litany. But where does a line drawn? Like, what is an individual's breaking point where they say, okay, I can't support this person any longer. I think the Jeepers Creepers guy is definitely over the line, right? He's He, he did time in the clink. Not to Rose McGowan. She's cool with him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's an audio recording of it, but I, I guess I could pull up the quotes here. Um, you know, Rose oh. Army is cool with uh, child molestation. Yeah, yeah, but okay, let's say for <laughs> most of us, who are not I think in that army. Would, yeah, yeah, no, those of us who have not enlisted are <laughs> that's over the line. But then you've got uh, cats who are you know have some bad behavior, like Reese Witherspoon. What's up with her and her drunkenness and all that stuff? Like, where's the line drawn? Wait, is that bad behavior or is that yeah? You know, to me, that just makes her more of a real person. Getting drunk and shooting her mouth off. 
<laughs> I think I used her clip recently on one of my podcasts. And, uh, basically, just the part where she yells, don't you know who I am? And you're going to know who I am. It was just uh, pretty ugly. But um, I think that the Hellcat was on that show. But um, yeah, like, uh, where is that line drawn, right? Where, 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 Are you where for does me? Or do you think in like general sort of film Twitter speak where that line is? Because it's both. Both really? Well, I mean, like, say for with, you personally, where would you say the line would be drawn? Um, the the dude from uh, I, f- I forgot his name. The the Birth of a Nation, which came out about a year or two ago, that was gonna be like a big Oscar yes, favorite. Nate Parker. Nate Parker. Um, who I've actually like liked some of his work. There was a movie, um, Beyond the Lights, that was a, like a romance about a pop yeah. star that I thought was good and didn't like get a bodyguard as, involved or yeah, something or other. Uh, yeah. didn't get as much love as I thought it should. Um. And then uh, he was in Ain't Them Body Saints with uh, Oscar-winning Casey Affleck, who I love and adore. <laughs> okay, so that movie was uh, like the, the Thelma and Louise of I guess <laughs> of um, uh, handsy gentlemen. And uh, I guess uh, you know someone could accuse me of being I guess racist because I, I have not drawn the line on uh, supporting Casey Affleck's work. Uh, I, I loved a Ghost Story uh, last year. Uh, and I'll, you know, whatever he's in next, I'm going to, I'm going to check out, um, Mr. Parker, I had no interest in birth of a nation, his version of it. Did you see it? I did, I did not. Um, I did, but and it was legitimately not a good movie. Just, I don't understand how like it got so much time. hype at like Sundance <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're right back on track with a wrinkle in time, but uh, I've I've said it before. And this has come up in like uh, discussions on social media that uh, I didn't have any interest in seeing that particular film with Mr. Parker or Louis C.K.'s uh, joint last fall, which I guess still is lost. I don't know if he reacquired the rights, but it's highly unlikely any studio is ever going to release that because yeah, you torrent that if you really care about Louis C.K.'s movie. I didn't know it was available at all, but uh, I think it slipped out a little bit early hmm. or something like that. Yeah, just like the man himself, is... <laughs> sir. <laughs> I, am I editing this one? Because I'm gonna edit, just throw in the drum, the drum and the cymbal. <laughs> well, uh, I was about to uh, before, of course. I turned, you know, turned back into a horrible person, saying that I, I don't think I could, I could see that film in good conscience, uh, but I could still throw on an old episode of Louis. Uh, and I think the distinction is. Uh, when you're going to throw it in my face, when they're going to bring their sort of sins to the table, um, you know, with Louie in that film, from what I read, um, one of the characters, I believe, played by Charlie Day, uh, masturbates or acts like he's masturbating in front of someone. The inclusion of Charlie Day for me is the true offense because well, that guy is. You're really going to oh. offend uh, my co-host, uh, the Nasty Hellcat on Sober Cinema, uh, because it's, it's always sunny. I believe is his like favorite TV show of all time. Yeah, we talked about Pacific Rim uh, with a guest. I, you know, I had somebody fill in for Barry, and he was like ranting and raving about this sunny Philadelphia thing, man, and talk about how good Charlie Day was. To me, Charlie Day is like a shrill version of. Uh, um, I, I don't know. He's just like constantly screaming, like "Settle down, lady man." Well, he, just... he, was, he was not good in Pacific Rim. I'll say that much. No, really, any of the the comedy didn't work for me in Pacific Rim. But um, Parker and uh, Louis C.K. Um, you know, in both films they were touching on things that they've been accused of before. Some of their indiscretions. Um, from what I read, Birth of a Nation, uh, rape is a very important plot point 
and the man himself was accused of that and he was cleared legally but uh, the victim did go on to commit suicide and her family has pretty much laid the the blame at right, his feet on him yes uh, so that provides an extra level of discomfort for me as does you know louis uh, admitted uh, sexual transgressions of masturbating in front of women and then including a character uh, doing some sort of similar act um yeah, I don't know if I want to pay for them to work out their issues and pass it off as entertainment for me. But someone could also make the same accusation about Polanski's work, I guess, to a certain extent. You know, if there's any sort of sex scenes. Casey Affleck's. Casey Affleck? I don't know about Casey Affleck uh, so much. Uh, the man paid off people. Let's... No, but uh, you know, since he's not a, a writer and director, um, I guess there's a little bit of distance saying, like, well, he's just playing a character. And you know it would be the same for uh, uh, Louis or uh, Nate Parker. If you know if Nate Parker appeared in a film again as an actor, uh, I don't I don't think I would suddenly be like oh, I can't watch this anymore because I did that's enjoy his work separation. previously. Yeah, see that's an interesting separation there because I mean like so if the if the uh, there isn't a sort of direction if it isn't their overarching project then um, and they're not influencing the the sort of message behind it or whatever the creation the art of the film they're just a player in the film then that kind of gives you some distance i think if uh, parker had directed a film about uh, a man and his cat going on a road trip i probably still would be like okay i guess i could check that out but it's the fact that he's has a history of being accused of rape and then chooses to use that as a central element of his film uh makes it a little icky for me, it's it's the subject matter that they choose to explore when uh, they've already had something happen in their life um, that doesn't, you know, that subject does not reflect uh, well for them to be like diving back into it, I think. So along those lines, then Woody Allen, who is constantly, you know, pairing himself with the uh, starlet of the day of the year. Right. He's always got the mm. he, he surrounds himself with these incredible I would call them A-list actors that are beautiful and stuff like that. And there, for many of his films, he was sort of the alpha male, right? The, he, there are sexual <laughs> themes of his. Well, he's he's the lead he's character. Like, I don't know if I'd ever call him the alpha male. <laughs> he has no problem betting women in his films when he's writing them. Well, no. I mean, he's, he has he's problems. He's like John Favreau in Chef. He's just like, here, Sofia Vergara, Scarlett Johansson. I agree with you to the point. The, uh, the looks are never a problem for him. But uh, he he has many other problems. Uh, <laughs> he's got it backwards in that his personality is what drives him away in his films, as opposed to him looking like a disgusting you know rat creature. <laughs> and you know the funny thing is about Woody Allen is <laughs> rat creatures. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, I mean, he's, and he's been a rat creature for his entire life. Like he's yeah, never it, been. He's actually probably aged fairly gracefully, considering he was hideous right. to begin with. And yeah, he was. He looked like he was eighty in like yeah, the sixties. Right. You know? Um, he's kind of like uh, Steve Martin's hair, you know, it was always white. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and that kind of, the Woody Allen thing is that information about her, that perception of him is, is it transcends film Twitter, right? It's common amongst, you bring up Woody Allen in a normal conversation. He is like so well known for, for this like salacious stuff of marrying his stepdaughter and blah, blah, blah. And all this Being stuff. A creep basically. What's that? Just being a creep, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's basically a creep. You know, I was listening to a podcast um, uh, called We Paid to See This, and 
they're talking about uh, basically the guy tells a story of when he went to see Cafe Society, and he, later in the podcast he discusses about you know he yeah I, I I liked it whatever, but he tells a story about the Lyft driver that he took because he needed a ride home from the movie theater. So I get out of the movie theater. And the Lyft guy picks me up, and it's weird taking a Lyft in your hometown because it's like they don't do anything. Like they drive slower than you, and they take the wrong roads. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this guy, he wore a cowboy hat. He's this old guy named Wit, wore a cowboy hat, and he was like, "Did you enjoy the movie?" And this is like, after the movie. This is after came the movie. Out. movie. Wit with the cowboy yeah. hat. The Lyft was, driver yes. says, "What did you did think you of the Woody the Allen film?" Well, no, and then I said, "I saw that Woody Allen movie." He was like, "Oh, you like that Woody Allen?" And I was like, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I never never had a taste for him, if you ask me. And he's uh, also not our finest of citizens. I'm like, Jesus. So first of all. And the Lyft driver asked him about Woody Allen. And the guy is not a cinephile nothing like that. But he's like, ah, the guy's kind of a creep. I don't like that guy. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's something that is pervasive in our society. And it's a, Woody Allen is in the lexicon as being a creep. Um, but I mean, he still drags in the A-list actors, and he still, you know, his well, shit. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes going forward. Yeah, we'll see, but I still, I mean, he's still making. I mean, his most recent movie was was Cafe Society, wasn't it? No, that was it's Wonder Wheel with uh, Kate Winslet and Justin Timberlake that uh, did not do well critically or financially. That one did not break out. But but I mean, he does have misses throughout his whole career. He's just so. He's got such a high volume of output, but he still gets all these people, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the weird thing with Woody Allen is what that separates him. Well, I would say, uh, and I don't, you know, how film how film Twitter would take this, but he actually writes women well, or he writes like lead parts for women that are interesting. So that's something that Hollywood, generally speaking, is not interested in. <laughs> so someone with his clout, uh, yeah. having parts for them to really sink their teeth into you understand as an actor why they would want to open up that toolbox. So Woody Allen in post-production on a rainy day in New York, allow me to read the cast down to you, sir. Timothy Chalamet, Elle Fanning, the beautiful, stunning model, like Elle Fanning, Rebecca Hall, Jude Law, <laughs> Selena Gomez, Leah Schreiber, Diego Looney, Suki Waterhouse. And it goes on and on and on. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's having trouble getting the actors to well, roll in. I mean, and, you know, that one was probably filmed uh, before the, the Me Too movement um, started. Uh, so Just finished filming. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, um, I, I think that the problem I have with these type of uh, conversations, really, or this, this sort of line of thinking as far as who you can support and who you cannot is, uh, surely your favorite is next. Like, I think you have to kind of operate under that assumption or at the very least have the common sense to know, uh, I don't really know these people. Like, they're not my friends. They're not my right. family. Uh, so if they make cool movies or movies that speak to me in some way, uh, it's okay to mm-hmm. enjoy them. Um, it's also okay to not enjoy them, even if they, yep. <laughs> they lean into your political beliefs or just your philosophical beliefs. And uh, that was my sort of response to a Wrinkle in Time, which I didn't think looked good. I also didn't think it looked like it was for me. It looked like it was for six-year-olds, maybe even younger than that. Um, I don't know why they decided to cast young Sheldon in one of the, the central roles as, like, the main <laughs> villain with the, uh, the the younger brother there. Um, I did actually call uh, into question. The kid who was, uh, like, they had the same as name, like, six times. 
like his full name. Like the the Carl one that, Wallace, the one that turns, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it did make me question, not just from a like subjective, hey, maybe this is, uh, you know, I'm just not part of the age demographic, but it did make me question, um, is uh, you know, Queen Ava here, uh, is she a good director? Can she cast well? Because I'm, I, I had there were some definitely some choices where I'm like, I don't really understand what they were going for with this, and I don't think this is working at all. There's like there was some stuff that did work. I thought the the uh, the lead was pretty good, but she's in a totally different movie than her younger brother as well. They're completely yeah. opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. Yeah, and, and there are some people in that movie that were like, for instance, you got Giant Oprah doing her thing, but then you got Reese Witherspoon like doing naked spinning and and Mindy it, Kaling doing rapping. like uh, it's like she was doing to I don't know if you ever uh, like I dated a girl actually a few girls like in college that had those. Uh, oh. The uh, Michael Dennison. Oh yeah, that's, that's, some, out there, yeah right? that's some sort of record in college, all right? A few, <laughs> but um, that would have that like refrigerator poetry stuff that would, like that were like in their dorm rooms, that sort of thing, where they like you know, whoever was oh, around yeah. could move stuff. Around. For me, that was what Mindy Kaling was doing. She was just speaking that nonsense, just random, random words. It was like ask Mister Jeeves the character, like she just spewing out content and there were so many weird choices here that I can kind of see why people like were into a wrinkle in time. But I also like, I don't know how far I can bend over backwards be like, Oh, this is aimed at kids because kids are stupid. It, you're basically saying this is aimed at stupid people who can't form a coherent thought, but just like pretty colors and nonsense. And I think that, you know, I, okay. So we're tapping about around it a little bit here. Where we want to like this movie, we're almost on the team Ava because of the social aspect of it. But you're, I think it just does this, the whole film a disservice. I mean, it does it. It, it it's does condescending the, is what it, it does. Is to the me. Movement a service, right? It does the, the 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 thing of equality. That's not equality. If she, if she uh, has the training wheels on, and when it comes to criticism, then that. Isn't equality true right? equality for me? And I don't know if this is necessarily the happy ending that film Twitter would want. Was I think after its opening weekend, um, which did not open well, um, DC and Warner Brothers tapped her probably you know for a film that will never be made because that's how DC movies are announced, and then usually nothing happens with them. It was uh, the New Gods. Isn't she got a Marvel one now, or the New Gods? That's DC. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you know what? Um, to me, that was actually genuine progress. And I say that as someone that's not a comic book movie guy, but I'm like, okay, she had a failure, uh, like some other uh, up-and-coming white male independent film directors who have come up with a bigger project, and it's not worked out. And um, they still get a second or third swing at the bat. Yeah, Colin Trevor was announced today that he's getting another shot crack at the Jurassic World 3, I think it is. Yeah, that's uh, that definitely feels like a retreat. <laughs> Like, you know, you're going back to your, your comfort zone there. Um, I'll say this for, for her is that uh, New Gods is about as complicated and weird as uh, probably what she was attempting to do with A Wrinkle in Time. So she's like doubling down. She's like, yeah. and uh, it could be cool. You know, I, I thought that that is that is me. What we need to see is uh, someone take their shot, even if it's a big swing and miss. And I, that's one thing I admire about A Wrinkle in Time is it is is like absolute disaster. It is it's like swinging, wow. swinging for the fences. Disaster. I mean, you know, this is not some subtle thing that I'm going to forget having seen. I'm going to remember 
all this nonsense that was put out in front of me. And just, I'm still questioning some of the choices that were made here. Uh, I think that's the perfect person. You throw out the new gods. Sure. All right. She's, she's got the cojones to, to take on some more strange bullshit. I mean, it's, I don't, you're not a, a comic book nerd, but you know, Jack Kirby new God stuff was considered weird in comic book fandom. That was like the art house project within DC that they gave him for being successful at Marvel was like, okay, create whatever you want. And there's still even like smaller circles of dorks who probably even understand or could explain the new gods. It's like total. Yeah. You, 70s. Lost me. you lost me about three it's, minutes. It's, ago, it's like I... a, I would say it's like the inherent vice of comic book superheroes. Ooh, okay. Tapping out. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Um, yeah, I hear in advice. I'm like, okay, let's go back to Michael reading the refrigerator magnets after he, you know, walks out of some random lady's dorm room, you know, circa, well, you know, 2005 I mean, or whatever yeah, it was. You're, you're definitely, uh, you know, there you go. You're trying to make it a little bit more titillating, a little more sexual. So we're probably the wrong people. But, hey, you're a father, though. Could you see yeah. your kids watching A Wrinkle in Time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, there. The, and one, they're not quite to that age yet. I mean, my daughter is five. My son is two. My oldest son is 10. We went to see Ready Player One today. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess he would be the, the target audience. But even then, be like, why the hell is that leaf flying around? You know, silly stuff like that. I don't know. It just wouldn't play. And I don't know if it wanted him to play because I don't want him to pick up those moves that uh, that old boy was throwing out. Uh, the, the little uh, male love interest for what's her name? Or, you know, all he does is... You know, follow her around and uh, compliment her incessantly. One of the big failings for for me with the movie is uh, that it, it coddles the characters, and I felt like, uh, from what I've read, because I, I, you know, I, as I said, I don't remember much of the book. Um, I thought, well, okay, maybe it was just an extremely positive thing for kids at the time too. And this is something like you know, it's like <laughs> it's like a cat poster for kids, where it's like just oh. something. <laughs> Look, look, the way Oprah speaks, it is basically like she is just uh, reading one of those like life affirming calendars. That is like her entire dialogue is something that like a 65 year old woman would have like in her, you know, den or something next to her like yarn in her books. It It is I think you were talking about doing a disservice within the industry to these creators by coddling them. In a sense, like, well, you you tried. I can kind of see what you're going for, and yeah, 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 maybe I don't fully enjoy this, but it's still good. Um, I feel like the biggest problem with the Wrinkle in Time is they do that with all the characters too. Like, I, I there's one scene I liked where our our lead here uh, is clearly not liked at school as being picked on, and Meg's response is to get violent. <laughs> you know that she lashes out like a child. And I like that we actually saw her do something wrong. I mean, it, it feels good at the time, but it's rash, and you can kind of see why she's the, the outcast. But having almost every character then repeat how special she is, uh, it, it plays into I, that, that, you know, and I don't, I'm because the clip I'm going to bring up is talking about 2016's Ghostbusters, so I don't want to come off as some sort of like conservative blowhard here, but you watch A Wrinkle in Time, and you get how Fox news contributors think that people's liberal leanings are just all like part of that snowflake culture. Cause the wrinkle yeah. time is like exhibit a in that and how they treat all of their characters. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Michael make me a sandwich. Dennis is coming out here swinging. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, I don't want to dislike, but I also don't, I don't really want to dislike any movie 
uh, if I'm giving it my time right. and my money, my yeah. money. I, I pay. I'm not. A, I'm not a, like a. I'm not a critic. I'm not getting all these screeners showing up to the house. I gotta go out and mm-hmm. you know pay. So I, my 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 movie pass. I pay for the movie pass. I'm paying my time and money, and my my time is precious because you know, like you said, I got kids and all that crap. But uh, yeah, man, I don't want to see any movie fail. But if it stinks, it stinks. I'm not gonna like prop it up because I'm supposed to be on uh, on uh, team whatever it is, whatever the social thing of the week is. Yeah, I mean, we, we both can't keep up. We, you know, we've got podcasts remote. We can't be Absolutely. <laughs> all over those latest trends. Uh, the, the podcast I listen to is called Fix a Flick. And, uh, you know, uh, Ghostbusters, the, the, the Paul Feig uh, film starring Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, that for most people, the general, you know, you're talking about the general population uh, saying, you know, Woody Allen's a creep, and that's just common knowledge. Uh, Ghostbusters, the latest version, I think general knowledge would be like, oh, the, yeah, that wasn't very good, or that wasn't funny. That's the seems to be the general response. You go on film Twitter, it is dramatically different as far as you know, how people sort of speak about this. And it's almost in this sort of like hushed tones, like we can't say anything bad about it because uh, the people that were hating it sight unseen are reprehensible and also equally as obnoxious. So I actually enjoyed listening to this one because it's a recent episode. It just came out as of this recording uh, just a few weeks ago. And the way they set it up is it's like they're trying to remove that entire part of the conversation so they can actually just talk about it like a movie. Getting a little okay. more controversial, well, and, too. And let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So, so let's, let's go back to like early 2016. Obama was still president. <laughs> Simple times. Say a lot of the, the concerns and, and fears that we have today seem to not ever be possible. Um, and the biggest polarizing thing at the time was, was this trailer yeah. for this upcoming Ghostbusters mm-hmm. movie featuring four women. Mm-hmm. What, what was your general reaction? Do you remember having sort of a gut reaction to, yeah. to seeing this was coming out? When I watched the first trailer, I wasn't upset about the four women. I'm actually I'm totally okay with them using four women. Yeah. My issue lied in when I watched the trailer. Like, man, that movie looks bad. <laughs> like it just yeah. didn't look good. I mean, um, you know, even down to like the piano version of the theme song yeah. and I mean, <laughs> the way the ghosts look and I mean, again, I've got a whole tirade later about the Oh, we'll get there. The ghosts in there, so Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was my initial thought was just like, wow, this really just doesn't look good. And when you saw it the first time, I assume mm-hmm. that those fears were substantiated. <laughs> yeah, they were realized <laughs> on Tur- film. Turns out I was right. <laughs> like they could say they're saying like, you know, this has this has nothing to do with our politics, our beliefs. We like the fact that it's all women. We just want to approach it basically scene by scene and say why this doesn't work. And it's like, you know, basically right. please don't yell at us because we didn't like Ghostbusters. And it's weird because if you just they drop shouldn't some, have to do that. If you drop someone, let's say they somehow they had a really shitty time machine and they somehow plot back into or forward in 2016 and they're just like, oh, let's just go see what people in this time period were watching. What is the big release this week at the uh, cinema? And they watch Ghostbusters without having any of the, the buildup or the knowledge or where it sits sort of on the spectrum politically at that time. They'd be like, oh, that wasn't very good. You know, I hope something better right. comes out next week. But you're kind of forced into that. And it's one thing that I kind of regret, I guess, being that knowledgeable about the conversation of films as we host a podcast about, about said conversations. Podcast, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
is that I feel like <laughs> normal people don't have any of those pressures when they consume this entertainment. If they don't like it, then you don't, you disagree. Oh, you think they have oh, those yeah. pressures? So, uh, yeah, and I guess I'll bring my personal life into this is I work, I work in a, in a, in a government facility where everybody is hardcore, staunch, uh, very Republican, very conservative, very right leaning. It's a constant barrage and their opinions inform the way they judge movies. And I, you know, it's a so my Facebook account is filled with, you know, very conservative views. But my Twitter account, because it's based around my film, my love of film, is a very liberal. And you see those those different conversations. So it's there's a very different um, bent when it comes to that. I mean, it's a very stovepipe situation. And I, I mean, I think that even in the in the general public, where you stand in your life influences the way you view the film. But there have to, I mean, I would say I, and maybe this is naive me, I would just have to think that there are people that just look at this thing as a way to pass two hours and they're walking into it. They don't, like, I don't think my dad would, if Ghostbusters was on TNT, he would be like, okay, I know this was an important film for women, so I need to really give this a shot. I think he would just be like, oh, this is some dumb remake. Or, or maybe he would enjoy. It. I don't know, but I maybe yeah. I, I don't. I feel like uh, where we're in that bubble, that sort of film Twitter bubble, uh, that it it becomes very hard to maybe not hard to gauge because I do trust people's like I trust if they say they liked or disliked something to a certain extent. But you know we have to like that podcast I mentioned, Fix a Flick. They have to preface the conversation beforehand. They have to talk about this other thing that has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, I guess we're lucky that we do have this bubble that we can. You know, at this point, we know like objective. It's there's no sort of politics going into it, right? It's like, hey, man, that movie sucked. Yes, uh, I have to judge your opinion based on your <laughs> shitty judgment of movies. That's right. a whole other subject, right? <laughs> you know, we're talking about the Grendel and Nasty Hellcat sure, yeah. and, and those cats. Terrible opinions, but mm -hmm. at least you know. Uh, well, not the Grendel so much. His is coming straight from his <laughs> from his <laughs> his leanings. That guy, I love him to death, but Jesus, um, but. Um, I, I maybe it says something about me in my life, you know, that I live in these extremes where my Twitter is just like just bonkers, liberal. Everybody wants to, you know, prop up uh, the um, the minority woman making this shitty movie, even though it's not very good. And then on the on the other side, you know, people are going bonkers over uh, over uh, the sharpshooter movie with, with Clint Eastwood that we talked about earlier, even though that movie's not very good, you know. But it's being propped up to this, you know this great piece of filmmaking. Look how much money it made and all this crap. Both of them stink, but both of them <laughs> being propped up because of their, because of what team they're on. And that just sucks. You know, just watch the art, you know, forget about the artist or the message and all that stuff. Just, just watch what's on the screen and enjoy it. Did you, uh, do you happen to see love Simon this month? I did not. I did not. I thought no. that was kind of interesting. Uh, that was a film where I'm a fan of, uh, rom-coms in general. Uh, I was actually excited for it, and I didn't really hear much like discussion building up to it. Uh, and then, you know, the reviews came out, and they were glowing. And I felt like, is this progress? Yeah, we're <laughs> we're we're now in this time where uh, somehow a wrinkle in time is more politically divisive. But the film about the you know young gay teenager finding love is somewhat just populist, and is almost so vanilla that it's not even worth discussion on either side. Was it? 
I mean, I, I don't, I don't think any, I don't think either side of it got up in arms about Love Simon. I think it just was just like, oh yeah, that's just a rom com. Or was it that gay that nobody from the conservatives I went to see it? It was just, you know, well, I, I, I was the target I, audience, and that I, was it. I have total trust that uh, in the conservative audience that they they won't let any pitch go past them that could possibly get someone in their base angry or fired up. So um, no, I, I think that something like Love Simon is just like normal to a certain extent, which maybe that's why people are so defensive of Ava DuVernay and her ability to direct something at this, this size and, you know, not doing middle of nowhere, the film I couldn't get anybody to talk about on grand gesture, but a wrinkle in time. Cause you didn't invite me. That's okay. I understand. All right. You know, next, next time when new gods comes out, I'll invite you for a double feature of <laughs> her first I don't even feature. know what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> middle of nowhere, her first feature and then new gods. And I'll uh, be there. I'll be there with bells on. All right. Um, I don't know if we we came to any conclusions as far as separating the art from the artist other than um, you should. I feel like we're both. I think you should. Yeah. Yeah. So you, do you, to you, when you were throwing the question out to me, is there any scenario where you're, you're just other than, I guess the, uh, the Jeepers Creepers dude. Uh, I watched Jeepers Creepers. Well, like okay. Last week. Even, even <laughs> nope. Hiro does not, not care. He's going to watch any and everything. You know, I, I watched that. I think I paired it up with Spotlight when that came out, though. <laughs> but I think it's about time to wrap up the show. But before I pimp out, where you, Cinema. Where, yeah, thank you for that. Where yeah. you can find <laughs> uh, Marcus played? I think you should uh, tell people where they can find you uh, and your Jeepers Creepers Spotlight episode. You can find me at at Big Balder Bland Brand on Twitter. He's going to be uh, pissed that you messed it up and called him Bland. Bland. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a mess up. <laughs> uh, I was just uh, piggybacking off of uh, your recording from this morning where you're trying to egg him into the thing. No, you can find us at True Romance Podcast. Uh, we're True Romance Cast on Twitter. And if you tr- if you just Google True Romance Film Podcast, you'll find us and you'll find our distasteful uh, shenanigans there. You can find me at Sober Cinema, uh, as I've, it's already been mentioned, and uh, was piggybacking off some horrific comments made by my co-host tonight. Uh, and you know what? I actually would look forward to doing a Wrinkle in Time episode on that podcast when there's a little more distance uh, to see uh, you know, how we would approach it. But I have a feeling that I would still dislike it, and that's okay. I would love to hear a Sober Cinema episode on that because I think that the comedy gold that comes out of that podcast would be pure just laughs. We we probably would have to put that one behind a Patreon wall uh, so that we would not get hate tweets because uh, <laughs> I assume that my co-hosts are going to feel the same about a wrinkle in time. Oh, from what I've I've heard behind the scenes, uh, it's uh, it's going to be some good laughs when when it does come up on the schedule. Uh, but hopefully, you'll continue to follow this show uh, on social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at uh, I believe at Mark as played for Instagram and Marcus played pod for Twitter. Cause I've messed that up before, but uh, as high is fond of saying, you can just Google us and you probably will find how to Marcus played on your many podcast apps before you find <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we are on uh, Apple podcasts and Podbean, and uh, hopefully you stick with us and uh Hira, what is our, our next one? Cause uh, a little behind the scenes here, we are actually recording these back to back. So what is, what's going to be our next episode after this one? We are going to be talking about Pacific Rim Uprising. All right. 
so that one probably a little bit less divisive. And I don't think we're going to bring up Woody Allen on that one, but we'll see. Better made, that's for sure. I'm just going to let the music play over that. <laughs> 